Hallelujah. How many can say he lives? He's a resurrected Lord. He's my God, my Savior, my King. What a mighty God he is. How we thank him this morning for his grace to us. His mercy endures forever. Right now, his mercies are new every morning. We have new mercies today. Oh, his grace, which is sufficient, is grace for us today. Amen. Sometimes you go through things like Job did. And it's never without a purpose. Or other words, otherwise God would be the author of confusion and frustration. But God's got a purpose. He's got a plan. And when it was all over with, Job had a deeper revelation of God than ever. He could say, I know. Because he looked ahead in time and and, and could see all the way to the Redeemer coming and say, I know my Redeemer liveth. For in the last days he'll stand upon the earth. And though these skin worms have destroyed my body, yet in my flesh I'll see God. Who I will see for myself and not another. You see, that's the way it is. Every time that we have a troubled situation comes, it is for the purpose of giving us a deeper revelation of God. May God reveal himself to you today in a deeper way. Amen. He'll turn every trial into a blessing. That's, he said, all things work together for the good of them that love God. To know that God is doing that, that he's working all things for your good. He's got a purpose, a plan for your life. Just walk in that plan. Amen. We're blessed people today. I'm looking across this congregation and we're able to worship together. It's about all, uh, almost unhindered today, unfettered. Um, I got a, 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 a text from a brother, um, Stephen Francis in South Africa today. And he said, pray for us, more restrictions are uh, maybe coming upon us that will keep us from worshiping and having church. And I thought, oh God, how blessed we are to be able to assemble like we are this today and worship the Lord together. And you know, Satan knew that we're here in the end time. He knows his time is short. So right here in the middle of this, he sends one of these diseases through the country. Because he knows that we are to assemble even so much the more as we see that day approaching. We're not to assemble less, but more as we see that day approaching. And so because of that, the enemy comes in to try to hinder. But you know, when the Spirit of God raises up a standard... Amen. And I believe you're that standard that God's raising up in this last day. Amen. Against the enemy. May he speak today to the hearts and lives of each person. Jesus knows what your need is. He's able to supply it. We heard the song song. There's a miracle in the working for you today. Do you feel the Spirit of God come down? 
as we heard that saying today the anointing just come down to confirm that that's because there's a miracle for you no matter where you are no matter how steeped in sin no matter how much trouble amen there's a miracle to turn that life around to move in your life to deal with your situation so expect him today to move on your behalf amen now let's just talk to the Lord together father we love you and we thank you for your blessings to us the joy that we have of serving you the privilege that we have of coming together Lord we thank you for each one that is here Lord we ask for those that are not here that you'd be merciful to them that your Holy Spirit the angel of God the angel of your presence would just go right down to the rooms the houses where your believers are gathered that are not able to assemble together some are sick in their bodies some approaching surgery other situations are coming but may they know there's a miracle for them today that there's a healer there's a healer for he was wounded for our transgressions by those stripes we were healed when you walked among the shores of Galilee you healed all that were sick and you showed us your will concerning all that there is all in the atonement you heal everyone Lord you're the God that heals all and I pray Lord for everyone under the atonement today you'll bring healing for those that are outside of the atonement may they receive that atonement the blood of Jesus and cleanse them from sin so they can be recipients of the grace of God I pray Lord you bring healing everywhere Lord everywhere this goes healing in the body the soul the spirit that you'll do a work of grace we ask it in Jesus name amen amen God bless you we're going to turn to John chapter 14 very familiar scripture really one we want to speak on this morning that's upon our hearts to minister on John 14 and verse 12 amen it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today and be able to worship together with you believing that he will minister to you in a very special way amen John 14 12 verily verily I say unto you that he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask anything in my name I will do it amen thank God for his unfailing words a promise second Kings chapter 2 verse 9 will be our second reading today second Kings chapter 2 verse 9 it would do well maybe to have read even more of this chapter but we'll read this portion and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee and Elisha said I pray thee let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me and he said thou hast asked a hard thing nevertheless if thou see me when I am taken from thee 
it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took also up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan and took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And when he had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. There is this type of Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to be speaking about that this morning as we speak of a people of a double portion. This is going to be our title for today, a people of a double portion. It's always good to look in the promises of the word because it positions us in our place. It helps us to know where we are in the word of God and what the word spoke about us in this last day. And this great type of uh, Elijah and Elisha, if it's correctly placed, is concerning Jesus and his bride because she is to continue his ministry. And you can see here in this very story that there was Elijah that was going to be taken up in a whirlwind and yet the continuation of his ministry in, in Elisha. And then we see again, you know, in um, the same thing with, um, with Jesus, that his ministry is to continue upon the earth. Now, in a prophecy concerning the bride, the Holy Spirit put upon Brother Branham's pen some things to write. And these are prophecies that are spoke about in this last day that someone must fulfill. How many believes that you're in the fulfillment of prophecy? So as he said, those in the bride do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. They have thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. And they know that it has to be God in them, doing the works, fulfilling his own word. He did not complete all his work while in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through his bride. She knows that. For it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must do now. But he will now, he will now fulfill through the bride that work that which he left for this specific time. And remember, there's always a word to be fulfilled. And we have a purpose here in this last day in fulfilling the promises. Amen. Now in all truthfulness... We know that there is an Elijah for our day. Malachi 4 said that very clearly, that before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, that he would send unto us Elijah the prophet. 
And it would be uh, that uh, Elijah anointing upon a man that would turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. In other words, bring a restoration. And, and so, as we know, there is an Elijah for our day, but that type does not include another to take his prophetic anointing. Now, there is no Elisha ministry to follow this great prophet in this last day, which we know is William Branham. There, there's no Elisha ministry to follow him. He was the seventh angel, and there's not another to follow him. There is not another Gentile prophet. There's not an apostle or, uh, or another who will follow this messenger, an eighth messenger. He is the last to the Gentiles. The next Elijah will be to the Jews. And we are in the bright age, but it is not an age separate from the seventh angel and his message. However, the type of the double portion certainly applies when it comes to Jesus. Amen. And what a greater one to receive a double portion from. Amen. And, and because he said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do. Now, this promise was not all given to Brother Branham only, although it included him. But we, and we saw the ministry of Christ manifested through him, but it was not exclusive to him. You see, it's a promise given to the entire church who believes on him. How many is a believer? Amen. So the whole ones that believe, John 14, 12, is applicable to every believer. Let's read it again, John 14, 12. Verily, verily, it's when Jesus makes uh, an emphasis, it's, it's like an oath. It's like um, a double confirmation. You know, he is saying, verily, verily, I say unto you. He's placing emphasis on something that he wants you to get. He said, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name. That will I do for the Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, say anything, anything in my name, I will do it. Now, of course, when, when leaving Jesus said these words, you know, the works that I do, if you'll notice this place right in John 14, as, as Jesus begins to, um, even in, in chapter 17, begins to pray over his disciples and, and say his parting words before the crucifixion. And this is part of those very things because um, he, will, he will say in, in uh, the early part of this chapter, you know, uh, again, I'm going to go away. And if I go away, I will come again to receive you to myself. And I won't leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. You see, he was giving all of these parting words. And as he gave these parting words, he said, greater works than that I have done, you will do. And, and of course, the word greater, we know, means more. Because you didn't, couldn't do greater in quality, but just in quantity. Because he was there in one person, but God represented in one man, the fullness of the Godhead in one body, the man Christ Jesus. But now today he is represented in the universal church worldwide, everywhere. 
So you see, more than this shall you do because it wouldn't just be one doing the works of Christ, but it would be multitudes doing the works of Christ. And so he says, uh, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Now, these are promises that are left to us that we must hold on to with all our hearts today. I, I just shared this from the, the five identifications of the true church. He, he quotes John portion of John 14, 12, and he said, he gives a teaching of what the church should do. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. That's the message of the church. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, living in the church, king of the church, raised from the dead, same yesterday, today, and forever, performing the same works, doing the same things Jesus did. That is the message of the church. If the church isn't teaching that, it's teaching some false theology, that's what Jesus commanded them to preach. So now notice this is our message. Our message is John 14, 12. The works that Jesus did shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do. You see, it is what has been commanded to be our message is our instructions that he left as he was, as he was departing from the earth. He would leave these instructions to the church. The works that I do shall you do also. Of these signs shall follow them that believe. Mark 16, some more of his parting words according to Mark. You see, again, these works would be done, you know, if you look in the Greek, it's more shall you do because why? God was just in one man, but now he's in his whole church. You see, God was in one man then. All men who believe him now, more than this shall you do. For I go to my father, I'll turn back to the light that I was. And I led the children of Israel through the wilderness. I'll turn back to that. And in a little while, I'll come again. John 14, 12, the works that I do shall you do also. And now he said, and more than this. Now, in this day, an indictment was brought against the unbelieving generation for the purpose of killing the effect of the word. And this is how they crucified Christ and put him to an open shame. And I just want to say, it is a shame to let the sick lay unhealed. It is a shame to not give people the opportunity to die out on an altar and die there with their sacrifice. You see, that's the whole secret of the new birth. It isn't just making a little profession of faith. Oh, I believe Jesus to be the Savior of the world. But it's more than that. It's you, it's you dying out to sin and to unbelief and being born again. You've got to die with your lamb. Die as dead as Jesus died. Die to the old man, your old desires, your old sinful nature. Amen. That old perverted spirit. Amen, you've got to die to the whole thing in order to be born again. Now, we find out this light, uh, this tree, Christ was re is rejected again by the church. What do they do? They'll take a false glare of a light rather than taking the true light. 
Amen. These old false glares. And, and he's, listen, church, to, to us, he's got to be the same today in every detail as he was in his corporal body. Amen. Doing the same thing. Now, again, we, if we're at the end of the last age, and I'm quoting Brother Branham on this one, and, and there's a man that can turn on the light. If we're, at the, if we're at the last end of the age, where is them greater works going to come? And he says, we're here. Amen. We are here. It's the day, it's the last of the age that the greater works that Jesus spoke about must be fulfilled. There cannot be a rapture. There cannot be the change of the body. There cannot be a resurrection without fulfilling the word. Are you with me? Amen. But now notice it's not to be less of his works, but more of his works. It is actually to be magnified. Let me just share with you the way he spoke about it. He said, the east or the west here has come back and met the east. In other words, it's come right back around to the same thing again. It was Moses even picked up sand and said, let there be fleas and so forth like that on the earth. But in this last day, he don't take anything. Just the word, let it be. And what is it? What is said? And that's the way it will be. And he said, I'll testify some of the things tonight of what's happened. You'll see he is still God. His words cannot. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater than this shall you do. I took a fish to make a fish. You didn't, but you don't even have to have a fish. Amen. The same son of God that took a fish off of a fish is the same son of God today. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater than this will you do. It will be magnified. Greater than this. So we're living in the day where the works of Christ is not just to be here, but they are to be magnified. Now bear with me if I labor a little bit on this, but I I want you to get it clearly because this helps us to know our position. What is expected of us in this hour? What parts are we to fulfill? Amen. He said, did you notice when he went to make water into wine, he took water first and already created substance and turned it into wine. When he fed 5,000 people, he took a fish that swam in the water and broke it and handed it out and multiplied creation. He took bread that was once wheat and baked into bread and broke it and hung it out or handed it out to the people and it returned back again, multiplied creation. But in the last days, where there was no sign of creation, he speaks it into creation. Anyhow, shows to be the same God that was at the beginning. Amen. He can create squirrels. He can create what he wants to because he's God. And greater than this shall you do. For I go to my Father. The word is infallible and it has to be manifest and has to be fulfilled. Greater than this shall you do. Not multiplying, but speaking out into creation. No wonder the Bible tells us in Revelation 10, 8, you must prophesy or speak the word again. Now, you see, Satan knows now 
if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works. Are you with me? She will be an invincible army. This is what we got to know. We can do the greater works. We are ordained, commissioned, ordered to do the greater works. The works that I do shall you do also and greater. Now, it's in the atonement. So if it's in the atonement, it's for every one of us that's in the atonement. The church claims a greater work by preaching the gospel all around the world. That's where they claim they're doing the greater work. So we're doing the greater work than Jesus did. And some fellow said to Brother Branham, that said, oh, we do the greater works. He said, well, just do the works that he did. You know, do that first. And so, well, we got denominational brethren that's preaching the gospel all around the world. He couldn't do that. He said, okay, so that's the greater works. We'll just do the works. And then we'll talk about the greater works. And then he says, are you lecturing? Because that's what the devil wants to turn us into is a bunch of lectures with just a bunch of fancy teaching. Amen. With, with all mechanics and no dynamics. Are you with me? He said, are you lecturing? But Jesus never said, go into all the world and teach this or that. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And to preach is to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't come by lectures. Amen. It comes by the presence of the living God moving among in human flesh, proving himself that he was in the, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. But it comes so simple, and it's the simplicity that drives the intellectual mind away from it. It can't be. That's too simple. Now, but I want you to know we're preaching a gospel that works. And it's not just lectures. When I think about the 10 that was there at youth camp and thereafter, the, the last camp that we had, and, and one after another of demon spirits that were cast out. Amen. Because of young people being bound with pornography and sex demons that was driving them out of their minds. Amen. But deliverance came. Amen. Because there is a church today doing the greater works. That are not just given a lecture, but are actually given a, a preaching the gospel. And that means to demonstrate the gospel. Now, of course, the believers are to be identified and, and they, are, uh, they are to be marked or identified by signs. The Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That would be their identity. Is that right? Amen. I, I thought about it as I, as I raised animals down through the years and, and uh, you know, I had a, a prized herd and they were registered animals. I had my initials was given to me as TDP to put in their right ear. Every animal that was bred and owned by me that was, that, that was born on my farm got that tattoo in his ear. He was marked forever and identified 
with me. Amen. Anybody anywhere can pick up the ear of that, of that goat and pick it up and look at it and see that in that ear is my initials. And they can trace it back to, to the very person there where it was born in his herd. Because that animal is identified with me. Now, do you know Jesus is also a great shepherd? But I want you to know that in his, this case, not only is his sheep marked, but he, he himself is marked. And he puts his own mark. That's what I was doing, putting the mark of my own name in that goat's ear. Amen. Now, Isaiah 49, verse 14, I want to read it to you where he's marked. He said, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. And he gives a, he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. He says, can a woman forget her suckling child? That she would not have compassion on the son of her womb? And he says, yep, they might can. It's possible a woman would forget. Yet I'll not forget thee. For I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. So now he says of Zion, which is Jerusalem, your name is engraved in the palms of my hand. But that is true for every believer. He can never, ever forget you. Amen. His own body carries the mark of why he came to earth. And it was for your redemption. Amen. Oh my. Now, when the sheep is marked, you say, uh, and I'm, I'm quoting this from Shepherd of the Sheepfold. When the sheep was marked, here's the beautiful part. That's all right, preacher, but what about all these marks then? Everybody, we're marked. One's marked this way, and one's marked that way. One's marked a, an Orthodox or an Episcopalian or this. Let me just say. That's why you can many times easily look at a person and see the mark of Satan all over them. You can see in their dress, their behavior, their walk, their attitude. The mark of Satan. You'd say, Brother Tim, oh, I'm worried about this mark of the beast that might come. Oh, I'm not going to take this vaccine because they'll get my, my, they'll get my social security. Oh, forget it. They already got you. You already got a number. But what I'm worried about is the mark of sin on your soul. The mark of Satan that is in people's lives. Where they, are, where they are identifying themselves with, with another shepherd. A false shepherd. Are you with me? But I want you to know that, that God's sheep will hear his voice. Amen. And you might be lost and away from God. You may be one of the, the, the ones that left the 99 and went out and you're in the awfulest mess there is in the world. But I tell you, there comes a voice of God that will awake the seed gene on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And when it does, you will come to the shepherd. Amen. 
Maybe you don't even know why you're here this morning, but that's exactly why you're here. It's the drawing of the shepherd. It's his voice reaching out to you. You know what he's trying to tell you? You never originally belonged to the devil. That's what I come to realize. I never was the devil's child. He tried to make him his, but I never was his. Amen. It's, it's, I'm going to tell it for the sake of all of those who've never maybe heard this story, but the story of a, of a little boy, you know, that made him a little sailboat. He made this little sailboat, and he loved that sailboat. Oh, man, he crafted it by hand. He made it so beautifully to sail. And, he, you know, he, he would get it out, and he would run it up and down the seashore or the, the shore of the lake. And, 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 oh, it was a beautiful little boat. He had lots of fun hours playing with it. One day, a big wind came along and blew it out of his reach. And he looked out there, and he saw his sailboat out of his reach. And they're drifting further and further and further away from him. And every day he would go down to the shore looking to see maybe today it washed up. Maybe today. And he would walk along that seashore looking for it. And there, you know, he never found it. He would look and every day, oh, my sailboat, I, I missed the, the hours of fun. And, you know, all that I had with you and all of this. One day he was in the town and he... He saw in a pawn shop, looked into the window, and there was his sailboat. Oh, this sailboat, my sailboat. He looked in there, and he saw the price. And it was a price. It was a high price. He didn't have the money for it. I, I don't know if I scraped up all my change, if I robbed my piggy bank, I wouldn't have the money. So you know what he did? He went and sold all that he had. All of his toys, he sold them all. And he went down to that pawn shop and he bought that sailboat. Oh, I remember another great maker. Amen. He left all the glory, left all that he had to come right down to earth for us. Come on. And when that little boy... When he grabbed that sailboat and he clutched it in his arms, he could be heard as he walked out of the pawn shop. Little boat, you are mine. You are twice mine. You were mine when I made you. And you are mine when I bought you. And I'm preaching to people today that are twice God's. You were his before the world began. You were in his mind. You were in his thinking. And he said, I'll never, ever forget you. Hallelujah. And when you were lost from him, he left all the glory to find you. He left all of heaven. He left the throne. He gave it all up to come down to find you. And he found you in the devil's pawn shop. But he didn't leave you there. And he can say of you today, you are mine. You are twice mine. This shepherd bore the mark of his sheep in his hand. He 
was nailed to the cross. A mother can forget her suckling's babe, but I'll never forsake you. Because your names are written in my hand. I know my sheep, my sheep know me. They're marked with the same mark. Think about that. Now, so then his church has got to have the same mark. What kind of mark did he have? Spiritually speaking, when he's here on the earth, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. But God was with him, signs and wonders accompanied him everywhere he went. And he could discern the thoughts of their heart. And he said, I do as the Father shows me. The sick was healed. The dead was raised up. The poor had the gospel preached. And the church of the living God bears the mark of the living God. These things that I do, shall you do also. Amen. Amen. St. John 14, 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater than these shall he do. For I go to my Father. You're branded. That is to be the mark of the church. The, The church must bear the marks of Christ, identified by his signs and wonders. Amen. You know, and again, it's to be more works because no one can do greater because, but, but the, because, because the works would now be done in a multi-member body. God having every one of you to do the works of God. Amen. Now, so again, the works that I do. Now, as I say in, saying this, great Because no one could do greater. Because he he raised the dead. He stopped nature. He done everything that could be done. He stopped the roaring sea. He made the winds be still. He raised up the dead. After they were corrupted in the grave. And no one could do that any greater in quantity. But being that his spirit would come in the church and reach out. It would be a universal church all around the world. And they could do more of the same things that he was doing. Amen. Amen. Now, this is important because this is a last day scripture. This, as I read you, was to be fulfilled in the end of the last age. Now, I don't know what you're going to do if you done left this last age. But if you're here in this last age, you'll do the works of Christ. Now, notice the, uh, again, Brother Branham said he would continue. He wants to bring the Holy Ghost to you to continue the same works that he was doing in Christ. The work wasn't so needy in the days of Luther. That was God's church. But it was a bit more needier in the days of Wesley because the world, the Bible said, would get weaker and wiser and more wickeder all the time. The world is getting more wicked. We know that. Why do men do what they're doing? A hundred years ago, you would have never thought there'd be a human being that cruel. More wicked all the time, and the wicked shall do wickeder all the time. Said the scripture, more and more. How many knows we're in a day of increased iniquity? Amen. And it would even be in a time of the increased iniquity that the love of many would wax cold. It would be as more wickedness would abound and, and, and evil would continue until men would be of a reprobate mind concerning the truth. They're depraved. They do things that are unseemly. 
And Brother Timothy read that from Romans 1 the other day, the perversions that's in the land today. Amen. God never intends that. It's not of God. God made them one male and one female. Amen. This is what true marriage is. You say, Brother Tim, but I have tendency. That's a lie of the devil. Amen. That's a satanic anointing. That didn't come from God. It didn't come from your maker. It's the mark of Satan trying to destroy life. Are you with me? Amen. But Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. And I'll tell you, there is healing and deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Amen. As we said, today is a day of miracles. Now, Satan has been moving moving steadily. Why? Brother, we're seeing things even in our nations. Here we came across across from the other lands as the pilgrims. Why did they come? They come for religious freedoms. Amen. Because Rome had put such pressure upon them until they couldn't worship with freedom of religion. Is that right? Now today they want it, they take, they take liberty so far they want freedom from religion. Amen. They press it further than what was ever intended. Freedoms are taken further than it was ever intended. Amen. The rights to marry is taken further than ever intended. Never was intended for men to marry men and women to marry women. That wasn't never intended. Well, our Constitution didn't, didn't write that. They didn't believe that. It's when our liberties, you see, they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness or a license to sin. Permission to do evil. Amen. And what does it do? It's a horrible influence upon young children. Amen. It it corrupts the mind. It destroys lives. Now, Satan Satan has been moving steadily. As I said, we came over here for freedom of religion. And and as a a nation, what no no time here, the Catholics followed right behind us. Today, the, the very Rome that persecuted the church that exterminated 68 million of believers. Come on. This is their history. They know. Amen. You just read Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's written. It's recorded. But he's been moving steadily. And now, out of the eight supreme justices that we have, all are Roman Catholic but two Jews. And if Mr. Biden is elected... Which I don't know what's going to happen there. He'll be, the, he'll be a Roman Catholic president. So here we are. And now, but you know what's so amazing? The whore of the book of Revelation. The Bible calls her a whore. She sits on seven hills. She's red in purple and scarlet. You know why she's a whore? Because she was to stay true to the word. And she mixed her seed with others. She took in other lovers. Come on. That's what made her a whore. I mean, I know that's plain, but still, that's what made her a whore. The Bible calls her a whore, and her daughters are like her. The other denominational systems are harlots. The Bible says so. Somebody's got to fulfill that. But thank God there's a virgin bride, too. And somebody's going to fulfill that, too. Is that right? 
Amen. But you see, the world is becoming so immoral, it takes the whore to appear as moral. She, as a mother, tries to rein in some of the immorality of her children. Oh, don't do that. You know, but, you know, but it's for her own agenda. And for the most part, let's just take it on the other side. Mr. Trump is a vile man. But, the, uh, but, the, but, the ups, but upside these left-wingers, he appears as a saint. Amen. Because the world is extremely wicked and it is tilted for destruction. So why are you preaching like this? Not to preach politics. I am preaching this because there's somebody going to escape the things that are coming up on the earth. There's somebody going in a rapture. There's somebody, hallelujah, will be translated like Enoch was, like Elijah was we read about. And we're in the days of it. So Brother Branham says, he says, again, it's been more wickeder all the time. The world is getting weaker and wiser, more wicked all the time. But what's this? So has the Holy Spirit been moving. That's why I told you when we heard about this COVID coming. And people was calling death angel, and they was getting all afraid and all of this and that. And I said, but every time you see the devil move, God is moving somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. And we've faced Mr. COVID and overcome. Amen. Come on. Amen. You see, because let the devil do his worst. Jesus Christ has done his best. That ought to be enough for us this morning. Amen. We can lean on those everlasting arms and know we're secure from all harm. So he says, the Holy Spirit has been moving. There was a little breath of it with Luther, a little blow of it with Wesley, and a deeper blow with the Pentecost. And now the breath and the Spirit has become the same. And she's united and bringing forth that same powerful blow of the Holy Ghost like he did back there is a manifest in the same works that he did back there is being manifested right today. The same thing. What's what Jesus said? Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing except he see the Father doing it first. What the Father does, he shows the Son. The Father dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Amen. Amen. And you know what part of the greater works is? Part of the greater works is to impart life. That's right. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. You know, there's, it's great work to heal the sick. It's a great work to cast out devils by prayer. Those are great works. Amen. And, and like I've said, that ought to be the principal job of the church to cast out devils. Because every time a man is saved, the devil is cast out. Amen. You, you say, well, Brother Tim, I got devils and I need to be delivered. I'll tell you how. Repent. Invite another king to come sit on your throne. Amen. But he's not going to come in and co-occupy the throne. 
You've got to get rid of one for another to come. The Lord dealt with me this morning at 3 o'clock about this. Brother Joe asked me in the back, what are you troubled about? I said, that's why. Because at 3 o'clock this morning, God was dealing with me. Because in order for Christ to reign in you, there's got to be a dethroning of Satan's sin nature inside of you. The two cannot dwell together. But to impart eternal life to believers is part of our works. In fact, it's greater works. It's a greater work than healing the sick. Casting out devils. Amen. To impart eternal life. You see, this is what Calvary meant. It meant to take stoop, degraded men. Listen, this is where we are in time. Remember, the last call. The last call that comes out is to go out in the highways and the byways. And compel them to come in. The last call is for those that looks unredeemable. That looks unforgivable. That is so messed up that only grace can turn their lives around. That's where the last call comes. And I'm looking at some of you that are saints today that were them kind of people. But a God rich in mercy turned your life around. He wouldn't let you stay there. He wouldn't let you rock in the mire and the muck of sin. We got deacons in this church. We got preachers in this church. We got, we got all, all kinds that, have been, that were in the lowest levels of sin. But God rich in mercy. And I'll tell you, if he can do it for you, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. And the last call goes out in the highways and the byways and compels them to come in and say, I must have men and women at my feast. Amen. They reject my marriage feast. Say, you reject being united with me. Amen. I made the call. One said, I, I've got the riches. And the other says, I, I've, I've got uh, goods to look after. And I married a wife. You know, that's a lot of men's problems. A lot of women's trouble too. They married a man, and it was a hindrance. And I'm not even preaching about you saints that are married right there. Don't take that one. God gave you a wife, and you say she's been my hindrance. You know what I'd do? I'd get down to an altar somewhere till I got rid of the hindrance in my own soul. Until I become a priest in my home that I could bring down heaven into my home and change situations rather than change wives. Too many times we're so interested in changing others, we forget to look in the mirror and see, I'm the one. Let it start with me. But you see, what Calvary did, it took stoop, degraded men and women and lifted them to a place to be sons and daughters of God, to heal the sick and to impart eternal life. 
by giving the Holy Ghost to obedient believers, men who were once unbelievers were made believers and impart spiritual life. This has got to be the work of the church. No wonder the devil is so against altar calls. Did you hear what I said? The devil. Say, Brother Tim, in our church we preach against altar calls. It's the devil. Amen. So, well, Brother Tim, we don't have to have an altar. Everybody has to have an altar. You read the book of Hebrews. You can't approach God except through the altar. There may not be this altar right here, but it's an altar somewhere. If it's in your heart or in the closet or wherever it is, you've got to have an altar where you die to sin and to unbelief and are born again by the Holy Spirit. And it's a cry and shame when the church is around, around, even around the message, remove the altar out of the church and put it in the basement. Because our principal work ought to be to preach Calvary. Well, Brother Tim, we're in the day mercy is over. No, wait a minute. When did God die and leave you in charge? Mercy's not over. Man, just you, you have never tasted mercy, so you have none to give. When you have mercy, Jesus said, freely as you receive, freely give. So if you receive mercy, you're going to give mercy. That's the whole thing of, of, of what it does for you. It, it takes the haughty and the proud, and it makes somebody with a soul that longs to see someone else saved. What is one of the signs? He said, I'll put a mark on those that sigh and cry for the abominations in the city. Amen. I'll identify mine elect by a desire in their heart. They will have a desire to see the lost saved. Now, when Jesus was there, he could not impart the Holy Spirit. He said, if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. In me dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm with you now, but I will be in you. But in order to do that, i got to go to Calvary. And in order to go to Calvary there, I'll give my life. I'll raise from the dead. I'll send the glory. I'll send the glory, but I'll come again. People talk about the coming of the Lord and they don't know the first thing about it. The first thing about his coming is the day of Pentecost. Amen? Because on the day of Pentecost, he came again. Not another Jesus, not another spirit, the same spirit. The Bible said if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. The Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost to impart life. Now, so you see, the church is to do the greater work. In other words, they are to preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So this has got to be one of our main thrusts as a church, to preach the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and no, it's not emotion, but emotion comes with it. It's not a sensation, but it is sensational. It's not a feeling, but it can be felt. Somebody help me preach. Amen. Amen. It's not a tongue, but it does have tongues with it. It's not a shout, but shouting does come with it. Amen. Rejoicing is not rejoicing. People get happy over a piece of pie. 
Bring me a piece the day after church and I'll show y'all get out. <laughs> but just let me tell you, happiness is not the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost brings happiness. Amen. So as Elisha received the mantle of Elijah and thus double his anointing, even so the church is to be baptized with the same baptism that baptized Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to show you in the Bible where he said his disciples would receive his baptism. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Oh, we all hear this, and a lot of times we kind of skim over it because of this selfish mother. This mother wanted her children, wanted them to sit, uh, you know, one what to sit on the right hand on the other left. Verse 21 now. And he said unto her, What will thou? She said unto him, Grant that my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. You know, they added in their mind it was going to be a physical kingdom. And he would be the reigning son of David. And they wanted, she wanted her son's positions. So she's asking this positions. I want one on my right and on your right and on the left. And Jesus answered and said, you don't know what you're asking. And he said, are you able to drink the cup I shall drink up? And to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. And they said unto him, we are able. And he said unto them, you shall indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. So Jesus promised that his disciples would receive the same baptism. Oh, Brother Tim, that was water baptism. No. They had already been water baptized. Amen. And so they asked him, are you able, or he asked them, are you able to drink of my cup? Are you able to be baptized with the same baptism I'm baptized with? And he said unto them in verse 23, ye shall indeed drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom is prepared of my father. So notice he said, you shall surely drink. You're going to drink my cup. And you're going to be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. Amen. Now, this cup that the disciples would drink from would be the cup of bitter persecution. And every child of God goes through it. Bitter persecutions, tribulations, troubles. Amen. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. This is a given. As long as you're in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Come on, somebody. Amen. But that ain't all he said. But he said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You're going to have tribulation in this world, but I'm with the world already. Don't worry about it. Amen. As I conquered, you're going to conquer. As, you over, as I overcame, you're going to overcome. Amen. Isn't that what he said to the last church age? Amen. Amen. He that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? Now you want to know who's going to be granted to sit with him. Ever overcomer? Amen. Amen. 
I'll grab to sit with me in my throne. That even as I overcome. You see, you're going to overcome just like he did. You know the thing about Jesus when he was inoculated from sin? God didn't worry about it. He led him by the spirit right away to be tempted of the devil. We want to think, oh man, you know this new new Christian, keep him away from sin. That's not what God did with Jesus. He said, take him down there and tempt him. Let Lucifer himself try him. Because I'm not afraid of the baptism that he's baptized with. I am not afraid that he's going to get down there and get lost again. Come on, I'm not, I'm, I'm preaching about you now because Jesus can never be lost. But you, amen, you can. But once you're saved, you can never be lost again. And he's not afraid of it. Amen, this is why he would say about his salvation. You ever, yeah, I, some people say, I need the joy of my salvation. It ain't your salvation. He never said it was. He said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. The salvation is of the Lord. It wasn't you saving yourself. It was him saving you. Amen. And because he saved you, he will never lose you. He said, the devil, there is nothing can ever pluck him out of my father's hand. Oh, hallelujah. No wonder you all, the the welcome mat is laid out. Come unto me. Everyone that is heavy laden, and I will give them rest. My yoke is easy. Oh, the yoke of sin is not easy. It'll put you through hell on earth. A lot of people fear hell in the hereafter. You ought to fear fear the hell that's going to come to you by living in sin. It'll be hell in your marriage. Be hell in your homes. It'll be hell at night when you're trying to sleep. Amen, it'll be hell everywhere you look. Come on. Amen. Uh, You say, Brother Tim, it ain't that way way for me. Well, let me just tell you something. If you're a child of God, it'll be hell for you. Because if you're predestinated of God, you wasn't made to live in the devil's hell. Amen. Satan's children may be happy in hell, but we're not going to be happy in hell. Amen. Any believer that would wind up in hell would be the most unhappiest people because they're out of place. So they ain't going to go to hell. Because hell was not created for them. It was created for the devil and his angels. Somebody said to me, it was an accountant one time. I sat down across from him and he was doing my taxes. And he looked at me and he said, preacher, I don't understand something about the Bible and what y'all are preaching. I said, "What what are you talking about? He said, well, how could a loving father send his own children to hell? And I said, he won't. There won't be one of his in hell. Not a one. Hell was not created for you. Amen. And let me just tell you, the hell, if you're a sinner today and you're living in a hell, it was, God didn't create that for you. Your own sins created that hell. So, well, I need a change. Well, I tell you, there is a change. Amen. There's a change that is needed. It's a change of a heart. 
He said, he said in his very word, he said, a new heart and a new spirit I will give them. And then he said, I'll place my spirit in them. So you see, God will do the greatest exchange that could ever be given to change a soul there whose heart is hardened from sin and unbelief and change that heart and give them a new attitude toward God. And a new spirit, a new desire, I want to do right. But God knows you can't make it alone with just a new heart and a new spirit. So he said, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not through with what I'm doing. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And my spirit will cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. That's what God's spirit will do in a person. It'll make them obedient to the word. So you see, the cup that the disciples would drink would be the cup of bitter persecutions to be scoffed at, to be ridiculed, to be made fun of. Say, Brother Tim, they make fun of my long hair as a girl. And, well, you know, you're identifying as one of his. And since, since you're identifying as one of his, they make fun of him. I'm, you know, you say, I'm identified with wearing, a, you know, I'm made fun of rather with wearing a dress. Well, yeah, because you're not to put on a garment that pertains to a man. That's right. This is a Bible. God said, I hate it. Right. Say, well, Brother Tim, that's just the old law there. Deuteronomy 22, 5, that's just the old law there. Well, what about a man putting on a woman's garment? That's what the Bible said. Amen. God never wanted the seeds to cross. He made them distinctly male and female. It's the devil that comes along and brings the perversion. Are you with me? Amen. But you see, when you, when you come and drink of his cup, you're going to be scoffed at and ridiculed. And you ought to rejoice and, and count it a great honor to be accounted worthy to suffer for his namesake. He suffered so much on your account. Why don't you want to be identified with him? Come on. Ought to be identified with them old holy rollers and them old holiness people. Well, what do you want to be identified? Unholy people? Right. Amen. To be scoffed at, ridiculed, and made fun of. You're to drink that cup. To be called Beelzebub. Ah, that church is a bunch of Black stocking people. They're, uh, they're, 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 they're weird. They're different. All these long skirts and long hair. Well, it's because the Bible. The Bible told you. The Bible told a woman not to cut her hair. The Bible told a man not to have long hair. It's in nature itself. You even go against nature itself to go and wear long hair. Because you see, again, because, but, but again, it is showing the mark that is on you. But you don't have to stay that way. Let me, let me just say it this way. The reason why, now look, you know, you know with, with one of my animals, I could take and I could put some other numbers through there and wipe out my, my name. 
my letters, but it was still there. It was just covered over. My name was always there in that animal's ear. It was marked forever. And maybe it is with you. You have been marked forever. Maybe with, by the devil you were marked forever. Your old man. Your old, your old man. Your old life marked. Mired. Scarred up by the evils of sin. And you bore in your body the marks of Satan. But I got something for you. You see, that animal could never be born again with a clean ear. Come on. But you can be born again. And God can put his mark upon you and mark you with the shepherd's mark and say, this is my sheep. That old man, I'm not identified with that first birth, but this new birth, that is my son, that is my daughter, and I'm identified with them. And that's how we're identified, is in our new birth. Now, let's just go a little further. Now, to be baptized with his baptism, did you notice he, they said, they were asked, they were asked, can you be baptized with the baptism I was baptized with? What a glorious baptism. Yeah, it happened after his water baptism. As an obedient lamb, he come to be washed in the, in the water. Came to the prophet in the water. But think about this for a moment. You see, there was not just a water baptism that took place. And I want to get this to you. You can be baptized in water and go down a dry center, come up a wet one. But I want you to hear something. Jesus didn't just have a water baptism. Amen. But the heavens opened and the dove, like a light, a pillar of fire. Are you with me? Come fluttering down like a dove. Amen. And dwelt upon him. Is that right? It abode upon him and it came in him. The very light of that pillar of fire come on the inside. The great I am that I am came to dwell in that vessel. And that's what Jesus said. Can you be baptized with the same (laughs) heavenly baptism I'm baptized with? This is why on the day of Pentecost, this is what happened. They're in the upper room. Come on. You know, there is that fluttering dove. Came down at the river Jordan. It was a light fluttering around. The heavens opened. He was a pillar of fire, a whipping, whirling fire. Here it comes on the day of Pentecost. And there comes a sound from heaven. Like a rushing mighty wind. As the wings of the Holy Spirit in that pillar of fire came. And it looked like cloven tongues are whipping wings of fire and it abode on all of them in the upper room and they were baptized with the same baptism that Jesus received. Hallelujah. There it is. The same baptism that Jesus got. There on the day of Pentecost, they received that same baptism. 
Amen. Do you see? That's exactly why you've got to have to get this Holy Ghost just like Jesus received the Spirit. Now, notice now as we're saying this because you see, this is really important to, to, to grasp the, the importance of it. We're baptized with the same, with the same baptism. And that was the mantle, like Elijah's mantle, came down from Elijah as he went up in the whirlwind, and he took there the mantle and now began to do the works of Elijah. The same things that Elijah had done. Elijah had walked up to that river, smote it with his mantle. Hallelujah. And And the water's open, and now Jesus comes and and, and, of course, he sends the Holy Spirit. And when he does, he sends back the same mantle. Oh, hallelujah. You, you want Elijah's mantle? Let me just tell you the mantle of Jesus has been passed over to you. Hallelujah. We're coming down from his ascension. He sends back the Holy Ghost to rest upon the church that they can be baptized with the same baptism. The same Holy Ghost to do the works of Jesus. That the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these. For shall you do. Because I'm going to the Father. When I go to the Father, I'm sending back. You got to see me in my going away. You got to see me in my ascension. You got to see me as I leave. As I left the earth, I'm sending back something for the church. What is it? It's a double portion. This is what this is what what we're preaching about. The opening of the book, the transfer of title, does for the sons of God. It makes us kings with domain, and that domain is the word of God and the priest to 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 intercede for every promise. And this blood positions us as sons. And being positioned as a son, then you have the authority and the right to speak. Amen. This is where we come back around. Brother Branham said, greater works. He said there, he took bread and broke off and made more bread. He took water, turned it into wine. He took fish and made more fish. But he said, I'm showing you some examples of what God's done in this day to create things and speak them right into existence. We're talking about a people of mountain moving faith. The blood position you as a son. And under that blood, create. Moses would strike the, strike the ground. It would turn into, into insects. He would strike the water. It would turn into blood. He would call for the frogs to come up out of the water. He'd call for the flies. Are you with me? But now he says, the works that I do, this church is going to do also. So what will it do? It will heal the sick. It will cast out devils. It will speak with new tongues. Amen. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. I'm just just quoting the scripture. Come on, church. Amen. And the works that I do shall you do also and greater than these. And it's not exclusive to one man anymore. It wasn't Jesus. But not any longer. 
because he said more than this shall you do because I go to my father amen so why should we take something artificial when the heavens is full of the genuine and the fullness of the Holy Ghost why should we take just a church joining when we can be filled with the spirit washed by the blood do the works of Christ have the mark of Christ I'm going to close this service a little early today. Because you have come to the place of a people of a double portion. There is healing for the sick, spiritually or physically. There is healing for the sick. No matter how sick you have been, there's a double portion been given to the church that no matter how far you strayed away from Christ, he's here to bring you in and birth you again and mark you as one of his own. He promised to send back his Holy Spirit, a double portion to the church. I want you to bow your head with me. I have the musicians come. Yeah, I usually preach a little longer than this. And no, I'm not out of notes. But the Holy Spirit has taken me down some avenues today, dealing with me very early in the morning. Very early. Are you willing to drink of his cup? will you receive of his baptism? The Holy Spirit calling, speaking, dealing with man. He said, I'll not always strive with man. And he would cut the work short in Noah's day and destroy all flesh with water. And he said, I'll not do it with water again. But he said he'd send fire. We're in the days of atomic fire, of nuclear warfare, can destroy this world over many times. And it will burn. We've already seen the Elijah ministry come and go to turn hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. We've already seen the Holy Spirit send that Elijah ministry we're so close to the burning. You say, Brother Tim, I, I'm not afraid, so afraid of hell today. What about the hell you're living in? What about the hell that you made for yourself? See, my life is all mixed up. Who did it? You turn down the voice of God time after time. I'm confused, Brother Tim. 
What brought that confusion? You listened to the wrong voice. Do you want to rule and reign with him? Do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want to rise up above that hell that you're in? And find mercy at the foot of the cross? Say, I'm really needing a change, Brother Tim. Well, here's the greatest change could be offered to man. A change of heart. A change of heart. A change in your spirit. Spirit all gets mixed up and messed up. It's time to surrender to God. It's the only thing that can change you. You can be changed in His presence. And you don't have to remain the same. Let's just break it by this. Just break through it just a little bit by raising your hand to God and say, God, I need out of this hell I'm in. Just raise your hand to God. That's it. God sees you there. Up in the mezzanine. There, back in the back. Back over here. Over there. There. Here. I need out of the mess that I've made for myself. I need to find a God rich in mercy. So what did that do, Brother Tim? That little move toward God might not have been very much, but it was a move. He said, draw nigh to God and I'll draw nigh to you. This is his word of promise. You reach out to him right now. Let him deal with your heart. You say, I, Brother Tim, I really need deliverance. I've got spirits that really bind me. There's only one way of deliverance, and that's through repentance. You've got to hate sin. You've got to hate that evil spirit that has caused you to sin, that's pulled you down in the muck of the world. You've got to come to a place you don't love that spirit. You're not going to worship him no longer. You've worshiped him. You, you, you've done obeisance to him. You've fallen down. You let him come and take control of your life. But it can be different from this day on. You don't have to be the same anymore. Everyone, every child of God been born again can tell you that when they were born again, a little heaven came down unto them. Life from heaven. Eternal life came down into that soul and changed them. Changed their atmosphere, changed their attitude, changed their spirit. Right now, that's exactly what can happen to you. If you want to no longer live in hell, there is a heaven for you. It can be a heaven in your marriage. It can be a heaven in your home because heaven's in the soul. That's where it all starts. It starts right there with you. 
You see, you started out in life and we walked away from God and the Spirit took you. Maybe it was a line. From there, you took another spirit. You took another. First thing you know, you're like legion. You're just full of every kind of evil, vile thing. But today can be a day. Today can be the moment while you're in the midst of a people of a double portion that your life can be changed forever. Said, so, but you don't know, Brother Jim, you don't understand. My, my dad and my mom, they're this or that, and they've had trouble and they've had problems and they've had. Let me just tell you something. You can't go on what they did. You got to go on what you do. What will you do with this Jesus called Christ? Somewhere you got to start breaking the cycle, not continuing it. Today you got to start being a cycle breaker and change from where you are. While the Holy Spirit is just dealing with hearts right now. There's somebody want to get out of their seat and make it down to this altar. Say, I've been down one time, Brother Tim, that don't matter. Come down until you die with on that altar with your sacrifice. God bless you, young man. God bless you. I want to make a full surrender. I want to be baptized with the same baptism he was baptized with. I want that baptism. Invite him into your life today. You can make that move toward God. You make a move toward God, he'll make a move toward you. Amen. You got to make that surrender. You got to make that start. You got to you got to start somewhere in your life in your heart. Make that move toward him. Make that move toward him. He said, "He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out." He won't turn you away. You come to him with your whole heart. It's that day you seek him with your whole heart. That's the day you find him. You want to find the Lord? That's how you find him. It's when you come to him with your whole heart, with all that's in you. Just ask him. Say, Jesus, will you just come, Lord, today? Jesus, will you come? Lord, will you you're speaking to my heart. You're dealing with my life. Change me, Lord. Change me. I want you, Lord. I want you in my life. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Know my heart. Oh, I'm thrilled to see young people come down to the altar this morning because they start. They've got to start somewhere. Amen. I'm thrilled to see this man coming from the highways and the byway. God, deal with your heart. Just find you a place at the altar. Just tell God, you know, I've been a sinner. Just kneel there. You'll find him. You'll find him right there. Just talk it over with him right there. Maybe there's somebody else up there. Man, what about you? Some of you raise your hands up in the mezzanine. What about you? Why don't you make a move toward God right now while the Holy Spirit is dealing with hearts? Amen. He'll give you a baptism. Amen. He'll give you a baptism of His Spirit that'll change you in His presence. 
I, I ask that he'll do it today for every soul. Lord, you see every soul that is dead you're dealing with today. You're dealing with them in conviction. You're dealing with them in power, Lord. You woke me up at 3 o'clock this morning dealing with my heart about these very same things. The other day, even as I was, as I was waking up in the early hours, just seeing it, Lord, the young needing the milk of the gospel, some of them needing the very colostrum, the very beginning, the very first milk that'll protect them and immunize them against the evils. Lord, I pray today it'll be that day. It'll be a day of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, that double portion that is promised. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What about some of you? What about some of you elders? Just come and gather around these that are at the altar right now and pray with them. Some of you young people, you can come pray too. Amen. Brother Johnny, right here. Right here, Brother Johnny. Right there. Start right there. Amen. God sees the hearts. God sees the soul. God sees them. He knows how to change their lives. Amen. He can set people free to serve the living God. You don't have to remain in sin. You don't have to remain in unbelief. Jesus is a shepherd. He'll mark you with his own marking. He'll fill you with his own spirit. He'll come wash you whiter than snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. As far as your sin is, as far as the east is from the west, I'll move your sins from you. I'm God, I change not. Oh, hallelujah, that we can find a place in Calvary today. We can find a place at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, it's here I'll kneel. It's here, Lord, that I'll just surrender my life, my all, my everything. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as they worship around the altar and they talk it over with you, move in these lives and hearts, Lord. Move in these souls today and change these lives, Lord, in your presence. Lord, there's nothing like your presence. You're here to do the exceeding abundantly above that which we're able to think or ask. So do that work, Lord. Do that work in lives and hearts. Change them in your presence. Lord, one moment in your presence. That's all it takes. It was Moses. One moment in the presence of the pillar of fire. It changed him forever. One moment in your presence. It was there with Jacob when he wrestled it out with you. And in that moment, you changed him. Changed him today, Lord. A new heart, a new spirit. I'll give to you. I'll put my spirit in you. I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. Keep my judgments. Hallelujah. Amen. There there ought ought to be weeping all over this church today. Sighing and crying. For every soul that kneels at this altar, for every, every mom and dad ought to be calling to God for their young people. I mean, every, every person ought to be crying out to God and saying, Lord, save. Save to the uttermost, Lord. Amen. You can reach further down than what we can even look up. You're that kind of God. So rich in mercy, Lord. So rich in grace. A God who cares. A God who understands humanity.
God who understands, a God who will orchestrate one service for one soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many here in the church would say, I'd like to have a rebaptism of that baptism? Amen. I'd just like to be filled anew with that Holy Spirit. I'd just like a renewing of the Holy Ghost in my own life. Bring a little more heaven down than what I've experienced before. A little more of the Holy Ghost outpoured in the, in the church to see move in His people. To see the joy of the Lord. Oh, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. Oh, the blessings that come from Christ. That mercy that endures forever. That mercy that endures. That mercy that come and set things right in the home between mom and dad, sister and brother. Put a sweetness of the Holy Ghost and a little heaven. Amen. Bring it right heaven down into the church. Amen. Renewing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just invite him to do it. Invite him to your pew right now. Invite him to your pew. Invite him for, just say, come, Lord. Come give me a new, a, new, a new anointing. Come give me a new refilling of your Holy Spirit, a fresh anointing. Come give me the new anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're to be baptized with the same baptism. Oh, God, that, that the angels would come and comfort your people this morning. Many of them been through trials and tests. They drank deep from that cup. Oh, but after the testing, the angels came and strengthened him. How do you feel this morning? Don't you feel after drinking from that cup of bitter persecution? Amen. It's time for an angel visitation to visit your pew this morning. To come down to where you are and bring a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. A renewing of the Spirit where that you're most so in love with Him. Amen. To the love of God just come down and bathe down. And the sweetness of the Holy Spirit is yours again. Amen. You've been through difficult times. You've been through hard times. But oh, let the angels come and strengthen you. Let them bolster you, lift you up, and prepare you today to walk with Him again. Amen. Oh, don't you want it where that it can be saved? The spirit of Elijah doth rest with Elijah. The spirit of Jesus rests on that man. It rests on that woman. The Spirit of Jesus is moving, baptizing them again, filling them again, thrilling them again. Till you're so thrilled with Jesus. You're so thrilled with Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Takes a perverted heart and makes a real home. Amen. Brother Timothy. Just come and lead us in songs here just for a moment. Amen. Minister brothers, if you will, start right there. Deal with them. Amen. You that's around the altar praying with them. Amen. You are, you, you are there to pray and ask God. Amen. As a, as a worker around the altar just to talk. Say, Lord, let the Holy Spirit come down upon this person, upon this man, this woman, this boy, this girl. Change their lives, Lord. Lord, you're able to save 
to the uttermost. Amen. You're going to bring the last ones in from the highways and the byways. You're God and you never change. You're God who reaches down. Lord, you're God who brings the restoration and brings heaven down into a service and heaven down into a life. And the sweetness of the Holy Ghost just obeys you down again by the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just let him do that work in your life today. Just bathe in the Spirit. Let it bathe down. Come on. Amen. No matter where you are, don't just be, don't be out of touch. Don't be out of reach. Amen. Don't be so hard-hearted. Reach out to him right now. Amen. Don't do it. Don't let your love, which is wax cold, continue to be cold and you refuse to come by the fire. Don't let the sweetness of the Holy Spirit ought to be yours. Be repulsed this morning. Push back. You come down and you heal your heart. You heal your family. You take out prejudice. You, you take out ugliness. Put in the sweetness of the Spirit. Make you love everybody. Give you peace that surpasses understanding. Oh, give you a change. You know you need that change. Amen. You know you need that change. Sitting there under the mask of a religious spirit. Just want to just hold behind that religious spirit and act like you're okay. You know you're not. Your heart is hard. You know you're not. You need a real coming to God. You need heaven to come down that soul. Let it come down into you today. Don't stand sit back there and say, well, let me tell you, some of your religious spirits run in your family. God brought you here in this church so you can break that cycle today and get rid of a religious spirit and get the Holy Spirit that'll make you love everybody and put a love of God in your heart. I'm telling you. Amen. I know what it can do. It can change your life. It can change your heart right now. Amen. You ought to say, search me, God. Search me, God. Look what. Look at the fruits of it. Look at the fruits of it. Lord, I want more than a religious spirit. I want your Holy Spirit. I want your Holy Spirit. Break every fetter. Break every fetter. Amen. Break every sin. Break every unbelief. Amen. All you got to do is repent. Turn from it. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry I've done wrong. Lord, I've come to you. Lord, cleanse me. Wash me. Make me whiter than snow. I've got to have you. I can't remain the same. I've got to be changed in your presence, Lord. I pray God change us. Change them in your presence, Lord. Move in it right now in the name of Jesus for your glory. Thank you, Lord.
I could pray. 
just like the rain Saturate my thirsty soul Come and fall afresh on me Fill my cup again Heal my heart and make me whole I need you now For your spirit I, Lord I seek you Lord I seek you Help me find you How I need your touch Find my dry air. Oh, thirsty for your love. Lord, forgive me if I've wandered far away. 